There was an idea. Stark knows this. Called The Earth is a Ball. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. When these two brothers return together healthy, I got news for you. They gonna have something to say about stuff when all is said and done. What I really want to know is what it's going to mean for everyone's favorite dynamic duo, the Heartbreak Kids. Now, everybody loves these guys. Like in talent, you put them one or two. It's time for the Earth is a Ball on the Wave Podcast Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Super Bowl special of the Earth is a Ball. I am Ricky Weeps, joined as always by Kevin Redfern. And today we have a special guest joining the show, Henry Schleiser, making his first appearance on the ball since June 25th, which was the first annual Earthy. So, Hank, it's been a long time, but welcome back on the podcast. It has been a good time. I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back making an appearance. Um, Ricky, you know I love coming on the ball. You know I love being a special guest. Um, But, boys, I'm super happy to be here. It's Super Bowl week. I'm super excited. We're going to eat some good food this weekend. We're going to watch a great game. I'm ready to go. I'm really pumped. Kevin, welcome back. Hello, Richard. How are you? I'm doing great. I haven't seen you. I don't think I've seen you all day today, Kev. So it's nice to to finally sit down and chat. Yeah, it is. It is. I I took a nice shower. Feel nice and warm. Um, Looking forward to some fights watching, uh, watching some fights tonight and then the Super Bowl on Sunday. Holy moly. This is going to be the most painful Super Bowl that I've ever had to watch in my entire life. Yeah, we're going to try and avoid the uh, the Packers talk because they fell to the Bucks two weeks ago. It's just like a guilty by association thing. Just like seeing the Buccaneers is is rough. It's very tough. So, it's a tough time. We'll, we'll try and gloss over it. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about the game, the the big Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the, and the Buccaneers. But first, Hank, you mentioned it. We're going to eat a lot of good food this weekend, even though – COVID protocols, you're not supposed to hang out in big groups. We're not really going to do that. Just hang out with like small, small groups of friends that you like live with. But food is always a big part of the Super Bowl, whether you had big groups before COVID and things like that. So I'll start with Kevin on this one. Kevin, what are some of your favorite foods to eat during Super Bowl Sunday? So I had a pretty rigid Super Bowl tradition uh, or list of traditions that we did every year. We'd go to a family friend's house, a uh, bunch of family friends show up, and the menu would be fairly similar every year. So I, I'm, I'm kind of a man of tradition when it comes to this type of stuff. So you start out with uh, the chips. It's like Marshawn Lynch in the commercial. He says, don't forget the chips. It's kind of like the Super Bowl. You can't forget the chips. Got your potato chips, tortilla chips, salsa, queso, uh, people like that. Not really me. But then... Uh, after that, you go into some maybe warm finger food, some pigs in a blanket or, you know, uh, uh, sweet brown sausage, uh, something along those. Like a seven-layer dip is where maybe that comes in, like a heavier, heartier dip. Uh, by the time it's halftime, you're digging into the pizza, thin crust, extra crispy, uh, cheese and pepperoni and sausage individually. And then uh, depending on what you're feeling for dessert, maybe the patrons bring the dessert, so a lot of homemade 
finger desserts, cookies, brownies, uh, stuff that can last, stuff that you can take home. Uh, but it's pretty much um, all of the NFL season wrapped in, into one in terms of food. You've got all of your game day treats, chips, pizza. I didn't even say buffalo wings. Those didn't even pop up, and those are a staple. So every food that you've eaten over the span of – 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, the past 22 weeks, that should, they should all be on the menu come Super Bowl time. It's just like an homage to each week of the NFL season that's happened so far. I almost feel like it's a football Thanksgiving feast for sports fans in in some regard, but Hank, you're also from Chicago. Do you share a lot of the same meals as Kevin, or do you have some different, different traditions on Super Bowl Sunday? So my so my Super Bowl Sunday traditions have never. We've had some like th- some mainstays, some things that have stayed the same, but uh, it hasn't happened every year. So some years, uh, I've just watched the Super Bowl with my grandparents and um and my brother, and my parents, and that's a great time. And then like the other half of my life, we've gone to um, one of my uncle's houses. He lives in Winneka, which. If, if you don't know, it's like 20 minutes away from where Kevin and I live. It's not far. Glenview, so Illinois, like, for those listeners all yeah, over the country. Shout out, shout out the 847. Anyway, but um, so our foods usually, it, we get into like buffalo, like buffalo chicken dip, like stuff like, like stuff like that to start. Wings are always huge. Uh, buffalo wings. Now I, I'll say this. I love buffalo wings. Usually not the wings we have on super bowl sunday and i love chicken wings but we've usually got a whole spread like i love garlic parmesan it was like a honey mustard kind that my brother and i like um my dad loves like korean like barbecue like hot korean barbecue wings and like asian zing so wings are huge and then like when we go to my uncle's like my he's always smoking something so he's making ribs he's making brisket he's making like prime rib and stuff which is unbelievable and then if i'm with my grandparents my my grandma usually makes like homemade pizza um and my grandpa makes steak and then of course like even with all this extra stuff that we make you always got to have deep dish pizza that's something we always have and we always have at my family super bowl parties is you always got to have deep dish you always got to have that variety so tons and tons of really really good food every year on super bowl sunday now, do you eat dish, deep dish with a, with a fork or do you just use your hands to, to go in? Oh, I just use my hands. You can't okay, be good. afraid to get dirty. Good, good, good. <laughs> what about you, Kev? Uh, I, that completely depends. Uh, fork and knife with the deep dish. I mean, if I'm having deep dish at home, that means the table's getting set and the fork and knife are there. Uh, I end up, I do end up using them. But a lot of the times you, you're not granted that luxury. So you, like Hank said, you got to get your hands dirty. But it's like a it's a pie. It's like you, you can hold that thing nice and clean. It depends on the place, though, Kevin, not to get too much out too like off on a tangent. Mm-hmm. If you're getting deep dish like like Lumo Maddie's, they're like, like deep dish from there holds up pretty well. But there are some places where it's like it's a little it's a little messier and a fork and yeah. knife can make sense. Personally, I never use a fork and a knife, but like. For some places, this is very anti-Chicago, what I'm about to say, but some places it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. So switching gears a little bit, obviously, you know, my father, big supporter of the podcast, Joe Weeps, owner of Motivation to Start Your Day. He's a big cook. 
And honestly, he should make an Instagram about cooking because he's a lot better at cooking than probably motivating because he cooks every day. I disagree. He's pretty good at motivating. That's, that's a pretty hot take. But regardless, my father makes the best loaded tater tots with sour cream, bacon bits, cheese, um, tater tots, obviously. And then he has this spinach artichoke dip. And he takes pizza bread. You were talking about deep dish pizza earlier, Hank. He takes fresh pizza dough and puts it around the pan before he throws it in the oven. So then the pizza bread rises, almost like the phoenix rises from the ashes. The pizza bread rises. And that's what you use to dip in the spinach artichoke dip. So that's those are definitely two of my favorite Super Bowl foods. You can't go wrong with Papa Joe's spinach artichoke dip and loaded tots. Ricky, I, I obviously I've never had uh, Chef Joe's loaded tater tots or spinach artichoke dip, but those are two things that sound like they could go on the Mount Rushmore of Super Bowl foods. And I will say this, and this isn't Super Bowl related, but when your dad posts like the food he makes on Instagram, it looks phenomenal, and it looks so good. So I, the, so I all the ingredients are always listed too, which is very it's nice. All, like it's all, three it's egg awesome. whites, two eggs, uh, half a sliced avocado, spinach, cheese. What am I missing? Bacon bits. But I love, I love that. I love that you brought up that he makes that stuff, Ricky, because like Super Bowl food is already like already good to begin with. Like it's hard to have bad Super Bowl food. But if you can do really good Super Bowl food and like, you know, like tailgate food, it's basically it's tailgate food. If you can do really good tailgate food, stuff like that, it's on another level and you're doing something right. So I know, I think I, we're all in agreement, but Super Bowl Sunday, obviously I love football. We all do, but I love Super Bowl Sunday because you know you're going to eat very, very well. And then you're probably going to have leftovers and stuff too for later in the week. So you can eat the remainders of the previous football season and get ready for the off season, cultivate mass for the off season. Yes. Going to hibernation, lots of milk. Hank, I think you can attest to this, uh, not having a team in the Super Bowl for pretty much our entire lifetimes. You, you kind of get bored or, or you look forward to the food because the game's kind of secondary at this point, but obviously there is a big game. It might be one of the best Super Bowls of our lifetime considering the quarterback matchup between Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, and Tom Brady, part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Tom Brady obviously has a lot more fans probably because he's not playing for the Patriots. So people might be cheering for him because he's in the Bucks red. And I know you're part of the fully loaded podcast, part of the draft network. Fire so- the cannons, baby. <laughs> and, and it's actually, I believe the XFL Files Twitter account tweeted this earlier this week, that it's the first time a Super Bowl is being hosted in an XFL stadium. So that'll That's be true. interesting to see how that changes the game. And it's also the first time one day at a time for the love of football. And it's also the first time that a team in the Super Bowl is playing in their home stadium. So a lot of things happening this week on Sunday, Sunday night, I guess, afternoon in Arizona. It's still kind of weird when the Super Bowl is being played at four o'clock. But Hank, we're going to start with you because you're part of that Buccaneers podcast. What, What are some of your key factors into this game on Sunday? My key factors, um, 
Mark Tressman has to be coaching this game because he's an XFL mastermind. I'm kidding. In all, ser- in all seriousness, I'm really excited for this game. And I, I really do believe this is going to be one of the, if not the best Super Bowl of our lifetimes. Because no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen because they're both phenomenal. This is maybe the greatest quarterback matchup in NFL history for a championship game. You have Patrick Mahomes, right, who is pretty much, you know, considered the best quarterback in the NFL. It's not really close. He's the next generation, has the potential to be the greatest quarterback in NFL history, in my opinion. But then you have the greatest football player who's ever stepped on the gridiron and Tom Brady. Like, look, TB12 has won six, and this is his 10th. The Buccaneers are a off awful franchise historically they have the lowest win percentage of every team in nfl history they i think have the like the second the third least playoff wins in nfl history and tom brady comes in there and changes everything just like that this team is legit and credit to bruce arians and jason light for coming in and accumulating a really really talented roster over the last few years but this game is going to be really really tough for the Bucs to win, I think. I'm not saying they can't, but the Chiefs are super, super good. I mean, I think Travis Kelsey is the best offensive weapon in the NFL other than quarterbacks. I know that's a hot take, but I th- but like, I'll give my reasoning later. So surprisingly, this, Hank, you're you're in mostly agreement on this podcast because no, no, we all agree, well, we all agree, we we all agree, and <laughs> and honestly, Patrick Mahomes is a big catalyst behind Travis Kelsey, and even putting maybe Tyree Kill into that. Tra- here's the thing, Travis but, Travis Kelsey was putting up a hundred a hundred plus catches, a thousand plus yards, but with Alex Smith before Pat Mahomes. I like, like that argument. Is, like Travis. My laughter is completely unrelated. Please, please continue. But, but Ricky, this game is going to be a super high-scoring game, I think. And these are two solid defenses. The Chiefs' defense does not get enough credit for how good they are. They're very solid. And obviously, we know the Bucs have an elite defense. This is, game, this is a game that I think is going to be first to 35. Whichever team can get to 35 first wins. And I think in order to get there, I think it's going to come down to what defense can make a big play and swing the momentum at some point in the game. Doesn't really matter when, like we've seen Devin white do it this in the last two postseason games for the bucks, where he's made a big play in the second half, swung the momentum. He's one of the best young linebackers in the NFL, the bucks defense. And this is where I'll give the advantage to, to the bucks here. The chiefs defense is good, but they lack speed. The Bucs defense is they are the fastest defense in the NFL. They fly around the field. Levante David and and Devin White are studs. Getting Vita Vea back is so huge. Even though he's going to play limited snaps, getting him back opens up the rest of the field for Shaq Barrett, JPP, Ndamukong Sue in the middle there too. And the linebackers coming off the edge. And they get Antoine Winfield back, who's maybe the best young safe, the best rookie safety in the NFL this year. So the Bucs are getting... Obviously, the Chiefs are getting guys back too, but the Bucks defense is going into this game healthy. And when the Bucks defense is healthy, Kevin, you've seen what they can do. They killed the Packers. Henry, the I, I saw like, what I saw what the Buccaneers defense did when they weren't healthy in the NFC Championship game when their two starting safeties were out, or when Anton Winfield was out, and then they lost the other one to injury. There's no doubt. 
Yeah, no, there's no – and I agree with everything you've said about the Buccaneers so far. They have the most talented front seven in the NFL, in my opinion. I agree. And then you're talking about defensive players needing to make plays to change games and the sway of things. They have, Look at what they Sean have Murphy Bunting's do done. SMB has been a stud yeah. this entire postseason. He's, he's had some absolute crucial turnovers all year this year. And you so know what? I, I really – go ahead. And sorry to interrupt you, Kevin, but credit no. to SMB because SMB is a guy who's always had the physical tools. He's always he's had everything you've wanted in a DB mm-hmm. since coming into the league. But he's had his lumps. He's had some struggles and he put it together all the way the back half of this year. He got hurt. He had a hamstring thing, but now he's fully healthy and he's coming back and he's looked awesome. This Bucks secondary is legit. I know. I know. um I know this team struggled against Kansas City earlier in the year. I know Carlton Davis got burned by Tyreek Hill. Todd Bowles is a very, very smart coach. Todd Bowles, in my opinion, is the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. So you get Todd Bowles. He knows what he's going to have to do to scheme up to hinder the weapons that Kansas City has a little bit. He's not going to be able to stop them completely. Nobody can. But he knows what he's got to do to give TB12 and give BA and Byron Leftwich and the Bucks offense a really, really good fighting chance. I also think something that is really, really underrated that's not getting talked about enough is the Bucks are playing in Raymond James. They're playing in their home stadium, and I know they're not going to be able to fire the cannons unless they win the Super Bowl and, and other things, but I don't think most people realize how critical it is that the Bucks one, don't have to travel. They don't have to go anywhere. They get to stay in their houses. They get to be with their families leading up to this game. They get to game prep in their home city, right in their backyard. You are in your locker room. You are in the stadium that you are obviously accustomed to playing in. That's a big deal. No time change, none of that. So all of these little things, it's like the ag- it's the aggregation of marginal gains where you have all of these little things coming in that are going to add up. And I think all of these things make Spell a really, it. really big deal. Spell it. Spell A-G- it. A-G-G-R-I-A-T-I-O-N-M-A-R-G-I-N-A-L-G-A-I-N-S. There you we forgot go. the spaces. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, these, these little things all add up. And I think that's really, really critical for the Bucks that they're playing in their home stadium. They've got a healthy defense. And when their defense is healthy, they're far and away the best defense in the NFL. And you have the greatest player in NFL history on your side. I mean, like, I know the Chiefs are the Chiefs. The bu- People aren't giving the Bucs enough of a chance in this game, I don't think. All right, so, Hank, we, I, I, I'm on a, the same page as you in, in a lot of the things that you said. I love that you bring up Todd Bowles being one of the key factors for the Buccaneers winning this game and how they game plan. And I truly think that – this is total coach speak right now, but I think that the Super Bowl has been won over the past two weeks and what we haven't seen yet. You bring up the Buccaneers being able to stay in Tampa. I don't think the Chiefs are leaving until – I don't think the Chiefs have left yet. I don't think they've they, left. They're not leaving until like Yeah, tonight. so that, this, this year being in a That's pandemic a and deal. not having all the, the, the COVID festivities, I think it actually benefits both teams physically and in game prep. But one thing is we know – how good the Kansas City Chiefs are coming off a yes, bye. They I, score 30 yeah. points every single time. Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL at self-scouting. He, I believe, 
the Chiefs will win because Andy Reid is one step ahead of Todd Bowles. Andy Reid is assuming, and he's collaborating with Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy, and they're looking at what the Buccaneers will be looking at and how can they stay one step ahead. And that's why I believe the Kansas City Chiefs are on a different tier than anyone else in the NFL. And with even with the Bucs being probably one of the most talented teams on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL, a unique, strategic, and thought-out game plan by the Kansas City Chiefs, and you give the ball to Patrick Mahomes with his weapons, and you said Kelsey the best weapon in the NFL offensively, I just don't think that the Buccaneers can match up with that, with the Chiefs playing at their best. Rick, Kevin, Rick. Kevin, I love <laughs> – that you don't forget that Patrick Mahomes is the yeah. best quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah. Henry, three different ways. We could go Henry. three different ways and see how this – and look back on how this but, 2020 NFL season panned out. But, yes, going forward, Patrick Mahomes is in the situation to be the best quarterback in NFL history. There is a reason he is in back-to-back Super Bowls right now. And there's a re- and there's a reason that a lot of people out there are picking the Chiefs to win a lot more than I feel comfortable with because I see no one really siding with the Bucs and everybody's Matches going with the Chiefs. It goes yes. both ways. This is the but, biggest Super Bowl where I think – sorry to chime in, Ricky. I know I'm interrupting you. But I think this is the biggest Super Bowl where it's like you can go either way and whatever the outcome is the game is, the other outcome that you thought of, you're going to be like – that was stupid. I should have done that. You have the best quarterback right now, but then the greatest quarterback and greatest player in NFL history. And either way, what happens when you bet against Tom Brady? He kicks your teeth in and he beats the crap out of you. I mean, I don't think this game is going to come down to Mahomes versus Tom Brady, because if you play against these teams all season, what is the goal of the other team? When you're playing against the Chiefs, you want to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field as much as possible. So what are the Bucs going to do? They're probably going to run the ball. They've had a lot of success running the ball with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Playoff Lenny, they call him, the last couple of weeks. And I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire might play a much bigger role in this game than he has all season because the Chiefs don't want to put their defense on the field against the firepower of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So... I do think it might be might turn into a shootout just because the first quarter is just going to be back and forth, ground and pound, establish the line of scrimmage. But I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be an X factor for the Chiefs if they are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Okay, Rick, fair yeah. enough. But here, I have, Hank, I'm jumping in, Henry. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm hopping. And you guys here. talked. You guys talked about their front seven, and that is going to be a bigger matchup, I think. Their front seven than, is going to eliminate secondary. Any, I, I have no doubt that the Buccaneers' front seven is going to eliminate any threat of a running game that the Chiefs bring. But before this thought loses my mind, because it has something to do with what you just said, uh, Ricky, is that I truly don't believe that Tom Brady has a competitive advantage over Patrick Mahomes in this point in time in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has won an MVP. Patrick Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. He's been down two scores in the fourth quarter in a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has faced pretty much as much as adversity in the heat of the moment as you physically can. So in, in that case, I, I just don't think that the the Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense catching up to the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be enough. 
In the first game, week 12, the Kansas City Chiefs went up 17-0 in the first quarter and didn't look back. Well, they they won the game by three points, but the Buccaneers (laughs) slowly climbed back. But after you can't let Kansas City get up on you like that. If if you're the Buccaneers, you can't let them come out of the gate scoring touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Before this thought leaves my mind, I've got a few things to say. Kevin, I know you mentioned that Patrick Mahomes has faced all the adversity and all the heat of the moment that you can as a, as a pro athlete and quarterback Tom Brady has, but he's done it 15 times over. Like Tom Brady has done it over and over and over. It's, there's a reason he's got, there's a reason he's got six. The other thing is Ricky, you mentioned it. The chiefs do this thing where they sleepwalk and granted, they're so good that they can flip. They're literally the only team in the NFL that can flip a switch and just like that, be down fourteen we, and then be up on you by be up on you by seven. We saw that last year in the playoffs because they were down by double every, digits in every single game. Every game. But I will say this: I think this Buccaneers team is better than every team they played in the playoffs last year and up until this point. I think this Buccaneers team, Tom Brady is not going to – he's not going to squander a lead. If Tom Brady goes up 14, 17 points in this game, this is a big if. I'm not saying this will happen, but if it does, Tom Brady knows when he's going to stomp on your neck and he's going to choke you out and he's going to finish you. And now Except I Except he didn't I, do that two weeks ago. He darn near they, lost himself the game by his incompetence not. in the second half. But they did not. Darn near did. They were very they close. Not. I'm just saying, though. I'm saying, though. And I know I'm not forgetting about how good Patrick Mahomes is. Tom Brady's not going to let you get out of that. The other thing is, is is I'm an X factor for you guys too. I have an X factor for you guys too. From Barrington High School in Illinois, Scotty Scooter Miller. And I know you're laughing at me. Scotty Miller runs a 4-3. Scotty Miller is – he ran a 4-2-8 at his pro day. Mm -hmm. Scotty Miller is fast. He's very fast. He is – Equally just as fast as Tyreek Hill. Scotty Miller was an, a, was an, a di- he was very, very close to being like an Olympic qualifier in the hurdles and the sprints. He wasn't quite there, but he was very, very close. This guy is fast and this guy can blow the top off of you. The, I don't think the Chiefs have a guy who can go and match up with the speed and take Godwin and Evans and all those guys. So I think there's going to be a play or two where Scotty blows the top off of the Chiefs defense, and I think that's going to be huge. I have a response to two, to both things you've said. The first one being Tom Brady being able to step on people's throats and end games. I just think that's not true. I think if you put Patrick Mahomes in the same situation that Aaron Rodgers got last week where he had three chances to take the lead and or tie the game, Patrick Mahomes takes advantage on one, maybe two, if not all three of those chances. More Secondly, than likely all three. Yeah. Secondly, Scotty Miller. I love that you're all on Scotty Miller. Me too. But just like to play devil's advocate here, Scotty Miller and Bruce Arian showed their hand in the NFC championship game. I think it's going to be really easy to game plan against him being a wild card. And for what it's worth, all the the betting experts have Scotty Miller hitting all of his unders on the cards. So I'm going to go with their advice and say, I disagree. I think Scotty (laughs) Miller is going to drop a, donut or something in the super bowl they've got so many options is, is ab's gonna play too right ab i can't imagine he won't ab's in ab's in. yeah 
this that's this so is, scary <laughs> this makes this is so exciting to me because you guys talked about Andy Reid and how Andy Reid is one of the most innovative coaches in NFL history we Bruce Arians is a is one of the best coaches in the NFL too and both these guys what I love about him is Bruce no risk it no biscuit and Andy Reid isn't afraid to let just like put everything on the table push his cards to the middle and just lay it all out there both of these guys are going to be taking risks. They're going to be taking shots. These guys are going to be going at each other. I am so excited to yeah, see I'm this coaching up battle. Now. <laughs> this, coach, this coaching battle is going to be so, so exciting. And like last year, we saw an excellent coaching battle between Shanna, between Shanna Tan Jr. and, <laughs> um, and Andy Reid. We're going to see maybe an even better one this year with Arians. This because I, I know I already said it. I am so excited for this quarterback matchup because this is the best possible quarterback matchup we could get. And what are you doing? I, it just Come hurts on. to hear. It just hurts I, to I hear know. that because, because odds are if things go a different way in the NFC championship game, we're still saying that exact same thing right now. You're, you're still, like, say, you're still like, saying like, that, It's just but, a matter of which one it was. But no, but we, we are getting the best possible QB matchup. We're maybe getting the best coaching matchup. This is going to be an, an outstanding game. And like I said, first team to 35 wins this game. All right. Before we get into predictions, I'm glad you brought up the great coaching matchup, the great quarterback matchup. Not because it's obvious, but because I don't know if we want to get into it right now, but a little bit of legacy talk. Because if Andy Reid wins this Super Bowl, he might go up possibly on the Mount Rushmore of coaches in the NFL just because of what he's done with the Eagles and going to Kansas City and winning back-to-back Super Bowls. But I'm more enticed by the possible passing of the torch between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Now, it's the second time they've matched up in the postseason. Uh, The last time was the 2019 AFC Championship when Frank Clark was offsides and Tom Brady got the ball back in overtime. D4 was offsides. D4, Frank Clark wasn't on the team yet. Frank Clark wasn't on the team yet. Thank you for that correction. But Tom Brady got the ball – Tom Brady got the ball in, in, in overtime. Patrick Mahomes didn't. And I'm sure Patrick Mahomes is still thinking about that game and how he wants to get back at Tom Brady. They beat him in the regular season, but in the playoffs, it is totally different. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a different fire. But what do you guys think of the greatest quarterback of all time debate if Patrick Mahomes were to win it? Because obviously, if Tom Brady were to win it, that would solidify him as number one. But if Patrick Mahomes wins back-to-back Super Bowls, does that does that make him that much closer to Tom Brady in the conversation? I I think the we'll go with Kevin first. We'll go with Kevin first. I'm going to mute you, right, Hank. Yes. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> good for raising your hand. Um, I yes, absolutely. I it truly it, I used to hate this, but it's just makes its rounds around sports media, and everyone's got to talk about it. The the legacy debate. I think that this game is so much more important for Patrick Mahomes legacy than it is for Tom Brady's Tom Brady's been 10 Super Bowls. Now he's won five Patrick Mahomes. He's won six or six. Sorry. You're wrong. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes. There's a good chance that going forward, it might not be next year. It might not be in two years, but Patrick Mahomes is might never have a team as good as he's had these last two years ever again, based on how they've had to work with his contract and others defensively, Chris Jones, I believe they just gave him a big contract. So to win this one against Tom Brady will keep him in the GOAT discussion for the rest of his career, assuming that he remains semi-productive. Eventually, I believe there will be some sort of 
burnout. I don't know what that, to what extent that will be, but I'll say it again. I don't think Patrick Mahomes will have this good of a Kansas city chiefs team going forward in his career. So for that reason, I believe it means more to Mahomes. I now I, Kevin, I completely agree with you because here's the thing. Let's just say the let's just say the Buccaneers lose this game and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Tom still has six rings. Tom yeah. is still considered the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom doesn't Tom this season, if they lose the Super Bowl, is looked at. Tom left New England, went to a team that has no real history of winning, and took them to the Super Bowl in his first year. That is super, super impressive. And even if they lose, that's how people are going to look at that. That's how I'm going to look at it. If the Chiefs lose, Kevin, I agree with you. They might not ever, never have a team as good as this ever again. If they lose this too, this is Tom Brady fending off another passing of the torch because it wasn't at this magnitude. But remember the Seahawks. And there was talk like Russell Wilson. He's the new wave. This team is on the brink of a dynasty. And I know it wasn't all Tom Brady. It was the New England Patriots too, but they snuffed it out and they haven't been the same since. And Seattle obviously hasn't made it back to the Super Bowl. They've made it back to the playoffs a few times, but they haven't really won anything. This is, and I'm not saying that'll happen with the Chiefs because it won't because they're too good. But this game for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and Ricky, you mentioned it. If Andy Reid wins this game, I know people have always looked at Andy Reid as a really good coach. But where does he stack up if he wins this one? I don't think he's quite on Mount Rushmore yet. But he's but damn he's close. close. I think he's close. And then I think if they win another one in the next few years, then you're looking at, wow, Andy Reid has taken some really, like, some ragtag guys. He's innovated and changed the landscape of the NFL. Then you're looking at Andy Reid like, wow, this guy is on a really, really high level. He's not one of just the best in the league right now. He's one of the best of all time. So the legacy battle, Kevin, I know you mentioned you're tired of it. I love it. I love it. I love that so much is on the line in this Super Bowl. Because when have we had a game like this with this much at stake? I don't think ever. I don't think we've ever had something like this. And you got to remember that, and you brought it up a good point, Hank, that Tom Brady basically went to the Buccaneers and brought this struggling franchise to a Super Bowl, he doesn't have Bill Belichick on the sidelines this game. So if he's able to win a Super Bowl, and I think this could be extra motivation for Tom Brady, to go out and win a Super Bowl without Belichick, who people were really crediting for a lot of the the six rings that Tom Brady has on his fingers, it proves that not necessarily he was the driving force in New England, but he could have a much bigger impact on an organization than just Belichick. Well, here's the thing. The New England system, I know everyone, it's like the New England system, the Patriot way. I think it was, it was Danny Amendola, I think, said it. He said, the, Patri- the Patriot way doesn't exist. Tom Brady is the Patriot way. Tom Brady is the system. And, and I think this is the There's first year reason- where it's opened so many people's eyes to how good Tom Brady really is on the field without having Belichick on the sideline kind of, you know, not necessarily in the shadows of Belichick because obviously Tom Brady is still considered one of the greatest of all time, but just to not have him there as part of the equation has just increased the amount of respect people have for Tom Brady. You you've seen the stories of Tom Brady with guys, you know, like Levante David, he's like, we won the NFC championship game. Guys are crying. And Tom is like, stop, be quiet. We're not done yet. We still got one more. That attitude that he brings literally 
he could go anywhere. That attitude, he changes the culture like that. Tom Brady is the system. Tom Brady is New England. There's a reason the Bucs are in the Super Bowl right now and the Patriots are sitting at home and the reason they went 7-9 and nine and did nothing this year. There's a reason for that. Kevin? Okay. I found a way to articulate this in the best way I can because I agree and disagree with both of you on a few things. Do I believe Tom Brady is the greatest player to ever, ever step on the gridiron like Henry said earlier? No. I truly don't think he is. But Tom Brady has thought of a way – to change his legacy and he executed it perfectly in a way that no other star player generational player has ever done before. And I talk about this quite often with my dad, actually, what is Aaron Rodgers doing right now? Supposedly this off season requesting a he, trade stay no. playing his cards. He might, there's a good chance that he's going to try to restructure his contract based off winning an MVP. Kirk cousins took a max contract in Minnesota Quarterback, good-tier quarterbacks are taking max contracts. Tom Brady, his entire career, has taken extremely team-friendly contracts in order to share the cap and not be selfish. And for that reason, his teams that have – or the Patriots were able to build around him with so much talent and then being able to build on that on both sides of the ball, particularly defensively, that's what won them Super Bowls. Now, Tom Brady gets – Blamed, and I say this, I've said in the past, is the luckiest player in the NFL because he's been able to have that success with so many people coming in around him. That Part of that credit goes to him because he has not been the one going after the max contract every time he's due. And the same thing happens when he goes to Tampa Bay. He could have gone to Chicago. He could have gone anywhere else. He could have stayed in New England. But he knew that he wanted to go to warm weather. He knew that he wanted to go to a team that can compete. And he saw that the roster that they were going to build around him, and they stick kept to their word when they said that they were going to go get more after they got Tom Brady. So the reason he's been able to market himself as that type of guy who is a stud, he's brilliant. He's probably the smartest guy to ever be associated with a game of football. That's why he's won championships, not because he's the best player that has ever stepped onto the field. I still don't know, Kevin, that that's a good point. And all of that, I think is true. But he also – you don't just win six championships from being smart. You have to have this, the it factor. You have to have – Yeah, it's a symbiotic a relationship. Like, it, it, that, that think, doesn't come I, strictly from it. I agree. Yeah. I don't think one exists without the other. I, and I think yeah. Kevin's more getting at he's not the most athletically gifted quarterback of all time. Like, he doesn't possess the most talent, but just everything altogether encompassing it. I also think Tom Brady there – there are two athletes, and I'll say – American sports history who have this attitude and this this drive to win at all costs no matter what and that they're not in the business of making friends they're in it of winning those two people are Tom Brady and Michael Jordan those are the only two people in you American slammed it down history. Hank I, I was giving you the oop on that one I'm so happy you rode with it those are those are the only two people in American sports history potentially just worldwide sports history with that much drive to win no matter what because Michael Jordan said it in the last dance and it's my favorite quote I think from an athlete of all time is some people say I'm a tyrant well that's you because you never won anything I wanted to win and I would do anything to win and I won at all costs. And Tom Brady is the exact same way. Both those guys would do anything to win. And I think at some point, like, I don't know how you live like that because MJ still lives like that. 
And Tom Brady will live like that for his entire life. And they, and it doesn't change, but that in you, no one can change that. No one can take that from you. You cannot replicate that no matter how good Patrick Mahomes is. He does not have that kind of drive that Michael Jordan and Tom Brady have, because that's something that is rare. And those are the only two guys who I can think of who I really think exist that have that in them. I think for the sake of time, we should probably wind this conversation down. Hank, I do think uh, you should be remiss uh, not mentioning the late great Kobe Bryant in that, that triumvirate of, of individuals. Kobe in there too. Yes, yes. Kobe in there too. Before we move on, why don't we get to the, the meat of all this, the predictions, because obviously that matters. Uh, Hank, I need, I need winner and score, please. Can I give winner score an MVP? Sure. Why not? <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the Bucks. I'm going to go Bucks 38, 30, 38, 34. And I think the MVP, I want to say playoff Lenny. <laughs> I'll go, I'll give you an interesting one. MVP, we'll go Devin White. I think Devin White is due to make a big play. He's been doing it all season. I think he'll make a big play that swings the game. I think he'll have a big game. So I'll take Tampa Bay Buccaneers, second Super Bowl in franchise history. Fire the cannons. Go Bucks. Shout out to my guy, Jake Arians. <laughs> Kevin? Uh, give me, I've been saying this all week. I've been saying Chiefs by two scores. I'm going to take Chiefs 40, Bucks 29. Weird score. Maybe a score got me. I don't know. I think the Chiefs get it done. I think they go full throttle for four quarters and Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl MVP. All right. So there's been a lot of discussion. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Patrick Mahomes will dethrone Tom Brady. I think I have 45-37 written down, but I could also see it being like 17-14 to 14 too. But I think wow. the Super Bowl MVP is going to be Travis Kelsey, the greatest offensive weapon in the NFL right now. I like that prediction. I like that. I know I picked the Bucs, but I like that, Ricky. All right. Now I want to – before we end off the episode, I want to end it on a high note. All right. Obviously, commercials, big deal in the Super Bowl – with all the ad space and ad revenue and things like that, that we're learning about in our like sports business classes, even though we're journalism majors. So why don't we just go around? What's your favorite commercial to end off the episode? Oh man, Kevin just, I- Kevin just left the conversation. So Kevin, Kevin, why don't you come into my room and join me? All right. All right. I was going to make right, it fun. I'll, I'll- <laughs> oh, okay. Hank, Hank, start it off with your favorite commercial. My, my favorite commercial. Yes. Dude. I, um, these are in the show notes. You should have had this prepped already. Dude, I was thinking about it all day. I don't know. It's, there's some, oh, there's one. Oh, the ship your pants one. The ship your pants. And like, you can ship your pants for free, but it sounds like they're saying something else. That's my favorite one. You know, Kevin, you know, you can ship your pants for free. You can ship your pants for free. Can you hear Henry now? You can ship your what? Oh, you, sh- you, know, the, you know the commercial where it's like, Honey, I can ship my pants, but it's like sped up. So it's, oh, so it's like, yeah, yeah, I can yeah, ship yeah. my pants. It's like, <laughs> it sounds like they're saying something else. It sounds like they're saying something else that I'm I'm not going to say. But uh, that's, my fa- that's one of my favorite commercials. 
That, that's brilliant. I You have a better memory when it comes to that type of stuff than I do, I feel like. Kevin, why don't you go? So, Thank, thanks for joining the, uh, the real studio the here. Invisible. Okay, so I had a couple of them that came to mind. Um, I really hope that you guys would jog my memory with some funny Super Bowl ones because I don't remember any. But I really, really love, and a lot of people do too right now, the progressive commercials with the don't be your parents. I think those are so funny because I've run into so many of those situations <laughs> before. And I find it funny that the actors are like really young. I don't know why. It makes it, it, makes it funny. And then when Ricky gave me this, this segment, I thought of this one commercial that I saw on my Twitter timeline the other day that I think was so funny and was absolutely horrible at getting its message across. And it was a drive sober or get pulled over commercial. And it was from like, probably like a decade ago. I don't know if you remember, but it was when the police would pull over the people in their cars. Oh no. And their oh, cars no. are filled to the brim with this just delicious looking, supposedly alcoholic beverage. And they roll down the window and just comes spilling out. And the, the officer like, have you been drinking this evening? And they just look at him, just look absolutely bombed. But I th- the one thing I remember taking away from that commercial that aired so long ago that I was supposed to tell you, hey, don't drink and drive, is those dudes were swimming in some of the most the most delicious looking like beverages I've ever seen in my life. Like I just you just want to like go under and just take a gulp. Obviously, we don't condone underage drinking on or, the earth or, as a ball. It driving looked, under the influence. It looked like apple juice, really. It does, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't like olives, but they made the olives look good in the guy who was in the car yeah kevin gets sick to his stomach by looking at some olives but my, my favorite super bowl commercial dates back to to super bowl 44 which is a while ago when the saints won it all drew Brees. the onside kick yes uh it's when this man walks into a house with a mother apparently a single mother and her child who is very young about five or six years old and the man is trying to make friends with the child, like, oh, is this your game, whatever? And he reaches for a bowl of red chips called Doritos. Mm-hmm. And the kid smacks him in the face. And I don't want to demonstrate this on Kevin because you're a great friend of mine, Kev. But he smacks, it, the, the little boy smacks the man in the face and goes, put it back. Keep your hands off my mama and keep your hands off my Doritos. Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me. What, what Super Bowl number are we on, Henry? What, is this- We're on 55. 55 that was 11 years ago and it still jogs my that memory was, that was um what year oh wait that no. was 2000 2009 2010 got it yeah uh another one would be the geico the the get your cold cuts the icky oh, shuffle I saw that one. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's another one i, I whenever we we go in the supermarket we're actually going supermarket shopping today uh we'll always pass the deli section like Get your cold cuts. Get your cold cuts. Always, always in the back of my mind. I do think one of my one one of my uh, it's not a Super Bowl commercial, but like they're like these local Chicago commercials. Um, I loved. They don't do them anymore, but they used to have like Dan Hampton, who's uh, uh who's a Chicago Bears Hall of Famer, was on the '85 team. Dan Hampton. Dan Hampton. Dan, sorry, excuse me. Dan Hampton, friend of Our Lady of Perpetual Help School in Glenview, Illinois. Yes, but Dan Hampton used to do these. He used to do these like um, these like car commercials and these like for these like really like weird commercials for these re- really weird braces. But it was only in the Chicagoland area. And all I remember about them is they were so poorly done 
but they were hilarious because they were so bad and like you can tell like it's like a green screen but like dan hampton's like glitching out when it's like happening and they're just terrible but they're hilarious and i loved them because it was a bears legend quick dan hampton story and i really think that it's him and so i'm i I, if i ever get fact checked on this like i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure i'm right one of my teachers in sixth grade at olph catholic school in glenview illinois won some sort of teacher's raffle to have a member of the 85 bears come to school and like say hi so like dan hampton just came to school when we were in sixth grade and then like had like a i think it was like a brown's chicken lunch with like the teachers in the teacher's lounge <laughs> i don't know i don't know what what, what, what the point of it was but it was it seemed pretty cool at the time that's awesome all right hank i want to thank you for joining us on the super bowl special of the earth is a ball so it was great to have you back on the show man Dude, I love boys. I love coming on. It's always a pleasure. I always, I always, I always look forward to when the ball is dropping, and I, I love it even more when I get to come on and talk some ball with you guys. Really, I, I appreciate it so much. Well, thanks again, Hank. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, everyone. Just remember, even after the Super Bowl is done, the Earth will still always be a ball.